composition and layout. A face of everybody and no one in particular. No, I genuinely am an artist and I do art all day long. Most artists don't make a living out of what they're doing. I dream about it at night, trying to get those letter forms. I'm obsessed with art. Hello and welcome to this episode of Art Related Nonsense. My name's Stuart from Inspiring City, the, the art blog. And uh, Art Related Nonsense is the, uh, the podcast series that we do with the Art Republic Gallery in Brighton. And today I'm meeting Mark Vesey at his studio in Brighton. Hi, Mark. Hi, Stuart. I think one of the key things that we're talking, I mean, I, I've looked at your work for a while. Right. And um, all around us, there's images of your art, which is sort of, it's photography-based art, isn't it? Yeah. Can yeah. you t- t- tell me something about, about it and how you, you, you got into that style? I basically collect magazines or vinyl. Recently, it's been more vinyl, but collect them or look at other people's collections and then kind of square them up to the camera. I use a, a medium format Mamiya camera that's a 6.7 format film camera. So for me, it's the process of using film to photograph kind of the analog materials, which are sort of sometimes falling away, but coming back back in our consciousness, this game. So I use film, photograph it, and then it's there, the film is then scanned in and then worked on digitally in Photoshop. And then I have a, a C-type photographic print, um, which is a, a laser reacted to a paper. So it's not an inkjet photograph. It's a it's like the old form of exposing a piece of paper to light. Uh, this is a laser that we'll be exposing the paper to, uh, which is a, a C-type. That seems a you know, far cry from the day that, I mean, I used to do photography back in the day. I wasn't very good, I don't pronounce that I was. But, you know, in the whole darkroom, you know, yeah. set up. Do you, remember, was, do you remember that when you had the chemicals and you had to... Absolutely, yeah. I was the last uh, university at Brighton where I went to. We were the last, probably one of the last years where we only had 12 computers on our course. Uh, and most of us were using a colour darkroom to develop our own photographs. Uh, and it was, it was really difficult to get it right, to actually get a sort of a C-type photograph yourself. And that's an art form in itself, really. Now, I think my assistant works, uh, is at the university and they're just, the amount of computers there, it's all, no one would expect you to do that now. Yeah, the, the, well, I mean, the days of the darkroom, that's just, just gone now, would you say? No, they, they still have darkrooms there, but there are a lot less people using them, even to the fact that you probably get a 16-year-old that wouldn't even, may not even realise what film is unless they, because they're just so used to digital, which is, what they've always known but film I guess is having a resurgence anyway but it did kind of try and it did sort of dip out for a while but it is I think a lot of people are using the sort of I guess Instagram has kind of made film cool again a little bit why do you think that is why do you think film is because I mean you know you're you're bringing it back in your work but why do you think it is having a bit of resurgence and is it something about the way it looks feels maybe yeah definitely I think films at the moment I think anything that people feel a bit nostalgia to and a bit film I guess it has limitations. For me and my work, it has limitations. And I actually believe that limitations are quite good because the amount of possibilities we have in, then just overwhelms you and you end up just being lost in this sea of possibility rather than it sort of narrows down a little bit. I mean, you've still got lots of opportunities with film. But I guess there's something nice about actually also loading a, the film in the camera, shooting your photographs and then actually getting them developed and waiting for them to turn out what they're like rather than just instantly 
I think when we photograph on our on our cameras, we probably in our pockets we've got probably hundreds of pictures, thousands of pictures, and it's just throw away. We're not really maybe valuing what we have. And my parents would have film albums of, of our family and holidays and stuff like that. Whereas now everything is on a phone. And a friend was telling me about their son lost their phone and didn't care. But that's it. The period of their life is unless they've got it backed up to an iCloud, you know, he didn't, and it was gone. And I guess the younger generation or the new generation don't have the same maybe emotional attachment to items. Because actually it's not that long ago. No. It's not that long ago when digital just wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, at all. And this nostalgia that you're talking about, I mean, what we're talking about, 20 years ago, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's it. Even down to the fact that I guess when I grew up, we, Tesco's had only just opened, a massive Tesco's uh, a supermarket, and we used to go there and buy CDs in the charts, and it was like, how much stuff could I get away with putting into my mum's super, uh, shopping trolley that you know, I could get away with? And that just kind of, that only just started on the outskirts of where we live. Before, it was just shopping in the local shops, and now, I guess, choice, and what with the internet, the expansion, of everything. My niece now, who's coming up to 14, she's got so much choice. Everything's at their fingertips. Whereas it wasn't so much maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. It wasn't like that. And that's what's coming out in your work, really. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, we're, we're sitting in your, your studio at the moment and there's a couple of your pieces on, you know, on the wall and that screams nostalgia to me. You've got a, a piece there, which is a, a pile of, of Playboy magazines from different years and they are just piled one on top of each other. And then you've got another one just next door, which is, it looks like, well, it's a series of David Bowie records, probably from sort of, what, 70s, 80s type of thing? Yeah, 89 was Playboy. And um, with David Bowie, it was more of a collection of, kind of a history of his, his story through his own vinyl. But Playboy magazines, they were, um, they were actually my dad's friend's collection from, he lived in New York. It was after I was photographing, at the time, different titles. And my dad said, have you thought about Playboy magazine. I said, I'm definitely up for doing that. It sounds good. So he basically uh, brought them over from New York. But it was his own collection that I kind of worked with. And actually, I'd love to go back in time, but the Playboy magazine didn't have the perfect spine. It wasn't perfect bound. It was actually just kind of like stapled in the 1980s and 1970s, which is such a shame because I'd love to do like really, really sort of vintage Playboy. But it was only from there that it was actually perfect bound. But this is quite, you know, this is what we know. When I, when I think of your work, it's this style that really comes to mind now. These, these, these piles, these collections yeah. that of, of memorabilia, really, to some, in the case of the Playboy. And possibly in terms of the David Bowie collection, which you've got in front of you here. You know, a collection of nostalgia that tells a story. I love pop art. And uh, pop art for me, when I, all the way through, even when I was doing my art foundation and... Pop art was something that, art that you had to kind of somehow be part of a certain club or it was really pretentious. I had no interest in whatsoever. And I guess you could probably say that pop art is pretentious, but for me, it, was, it wasn't pretentious. It was just refreshing. And I always had that in my sort of subconscious, I think. And then at university, I photographed my own collection of um, Attitude magazine. And that was my own history of coming out. And basically, back in Chinkford, you couldn't even buy it in the local shops when I grew up and when I came to Brighton I could and I was in London so I collected these titles in the sort of 2003-2005 and then when I was at university I stacked them up and it was kind of representative of that time in my life and also culture and people that were on the front cover 
and that, that was what led me then to sort of move on from there on other titles. But it was photographing it and then enlarging it. And for me, it was enlarging like the importance of it. But that kind of suddenly tied in with sort of pop art and, in history. Yeah, and it's sort of the tangible things that we hold emotional, that, that, that they hold our emotion in a way. We remember the time of what we were doing at that time and what music we were listening to or who we were dating. I still look at the Attitude magazine and I know who I was dating at the time and someone bought one for me because they knew that I loved the magazine so much. Everyone's got their own personal kind of connection to something, I think, or most people have. So with the Attitude magazines, is that the start then of this type of definitely, work? Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely it was the start. Going back 12 years now, I kind of, I was very kind of precise about having a shelf in my, my halls and then when I shared a house of having the shelf and literally I was so proud of them. And at that time I was kind of exploring my own coming out in terms of, I was taking photographs of nightclubs in bars and just using the camera to explore the world. I loved photographers like Wolfgang Tillmans and uh, Nan Goldin. And then Attitude kind of held it all together. It was a sort of cement of it really. And I did a show for my degree show. Attitude magazines basically took on a life of their own. I exhibited in bars, coffee shops that I basically would go into in London, in, the, in Covent Garden and in Brighton. And then um, yeah, the, the main Attitude magazine picture became kind of like slightly, just took, had it life of its own. Everyone was interested in, or a lot of people were interested in it. And it went into the summer exhibition at the Royal Academy of Arts as well in 2006. And that really gave my work credibility and acknowledgement um, that this was something that I was on something. Um, so you got a, a really good reaction to, to that initial piece. What got you into photography in the first place? What was it? I did my A-levels in London and I think I was, I was pretty lost. I didn't know what, I, where I, what direction I wanted to go into. I went, I actually, my friend that I grew up with just said I'm, he was going off to Nottingham University. So I just thought, I have no idea what to do. So I'll just do what Philip does because I've always done what Philip does. So I went to Nottingham University and literally stayed there for a week, dropped out and came back to London and went on to do an art foundation. I think not doing something that I knew was completely wrong then led me to the path of doing something right. I went from London College of Fashion, dropped out of there because I just didn't feel that was right, and then went on to Epping Forest College, which was literally just gave us the freedom, or gave me the freedom to have a year to experiment with art. I remember seeing a friend who had just finished the course and she showed me her portfolio of photography and I remember looking at it and just thinking that's what I want to do. All throughout the Art Foundation, I was probably pretty much a bit of a nightmare with my tutor. <laughs> because, um, sorry, that's Albus. Yeah, Albus. Hello, Albus. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, I, was a, I basically just was only interested in photography. I used to spend time in London going to exhibitions and I put all my eggs in one basket. My tutor was telling me you need to have more options than Brighton for university. And I was like, I'm only interested in Brighton. Luckily, I worked so hard and got onto the course down here. Um, was, was that because of the, the town or just, just because the course was so important I, that you wanted to go on to it? The course was good at Brighton, but also for me, I just wanted to be somewhere close to London. Brighton excited me, the town excited me. I loved the fact that the university wasn't just part of this big campus that sort of swallowed you up and you became, you felt like you were isolated for something. You, I felt like I was in a city, I could have the freedom to make my own friends, just explore myself really. It didn't feel like I was just going to university, it felt like a new beginning. I guess university gives us, uh, an art university gives you the time to basically explore your own work. 
which when you get out there in the real world, no one, you know, no, you, everyone then tells you, you need to do this for me and I'm going to pay you X, Y, and Z. You know, you're privileged at university to have that time to explore and create work. And then when you get in the real world, it's harder to do that when you need to earn money. There's something, I mean, there's quite a creative vibe in this, this city as well, isn't there? Yeah. Was that a draw as well, the creativity that you saw around you? Yeah, I, I think Brighton's just a very, at the time for me, Brighton was a very kind of liberal place. There was a lot happening. There felt like there's loads of, quite a variation of cultures here, I guess. Lots of, you hear different languages being spoken down the road. And I came from Chinkford, where it's very sort of white, middle class, Tory kind of stagnant and it just felt like a different world really i mean it is brighton is a complete bubble and you have to leave brighton to realize that there is a whole world out there and it's not the be or end or it's it's but it's just a nice it's like zone 12 of london really it's not quite you in london but you're not far away straight into victoria or london, the city so you're an east ender originally you're an east end lad originally yeah kind of yeah i grew up in on, on the borders of uh, but yeah my a lot of my family and um i've got my east end family and people i've known all grew up and my grandma my my grandma and my my nan they they were born in Shoreditch. you know they lived very much east end sort of family orientated and i do i love i love that side of it but i just knew that i need i think if i was living in chinkford now i'd be like an alcoholic or on drugs because I just I couldn't cope with living in that that environment I don't think no it's quite quite staid environment there yeah. compared to to here certainly isn't it yeah it's I mean there's nothing wrong with it it's just it was it's all sort of semi-detached houses and and yeah just suburbia really it's not for me and very much kind of everyone keeping up experience appearances and it's not really my thing <laughs> So Mark, for this you know, piece of the, the podcast, I just wanted to ask if there's you know, any show, any piece of work or any, I don't know, you know, piece of art that comes to mind that sort of had special meaning to you. I guess it, was, it would be Lucy uh, Sparrow's work. I was so excited when I saw Lucy's work and I just love, again, how... Is this the corner shop? Yeah, the corner shop uh, was the first show that I saw of hers. But how simplicity, the simple idea of it how beautiful it was it was just it just came together there's so uh tangible items that you were just made out of felt so yeah i was i was literally kind of um, waiting to buy as many pieces as i could get my hands on of her uh, pieces uh, and i've got the chicken soup cans in my kitchen framed up which are definitely part of my collection of other people's work so when i think of lucy's and yours actually there's a couple of things that i can draw parallels with there that sort of simplicity and making something that's quite simple really bringing it to life and nostalgia yeah you know thinking of what she produced which is the corner shop and that nostalgia of going in there and seeing what it was like and experiencing that I hadn't really thought, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I love it, and I love the fact that it's, it's very much fits in with pop art, and it, it just felt really, to me, it felt just really original, and really that whole, again, taking stuff that we are, we have around us, it sits in our world that we exist in, and we're always, we see it all the time, and, and it's kind of like these things are alongside us all the time. But yeah, I've, I'm a massive fan of her work, I, I love it. <laughs> So going back to your, you know, your work, there's a, there's a body of work that you're doing currently with, I think, Norman Cook. Yeah. Can you tell me something about that project? 
I really wanted to look at um, Norman Cook's collection of vinyl and what his influences and what was important to him in his collection, what made up his collection. So I approached him and we told him about what I wanted to do with a, uh, creating a photograph that represented his kind of influences and albums and vinyl that uh, made up his kind of led to his career or you know had, had influenced his own music so we we, we had a chat and, and had a coffee we spoke about it and we, he was talking to me about his own kind of connections and emotional attachments to things that he likes to collect in a way he, his vinyl was sort of shelved in uh, his studio in different sort of uh, genres we went there I went there a second time and asked to actually collect the sort of more important pieces from that collection for me to then take away to then actually create the final photograph from and we spent probably about an hour and a half two hours just literally going Norman went through every shelf looking reading the spines to pulling out records and I was kind of just taking them out and putting them into the boxes to take away so he did the initial first edit and then I brought back three boxes and sat with them I think I sat with them for a week just sort of half scared about taking them out. Yeah, um, not Norman Cook's private yeah. collection. <laughs> and half fighting my own demons in my head of like, kind of like that creative process of like, how do you start that? <clears throat> sometimes it's hard to just put one foot in front of the other, uh, which sounds silly, but it, it is sometimes you build it up in your head. But yeah, I started to actually take them out, pile them up against the wall, read the spines, pulling out pieces to listen to as well on Spotify as I was doing it to sort of kind of, I don't know, learn who these people, because I didn't, I'm not, I haven't got the knowledge at all of, of that. You know, that's the other good thing about my work and everything. I kind of like, I'm learning other people, learning yeah, through. Yeah, other people's influence, yeah. other people's things that are special to them, their yeah. collections. I their collections. So yeah, so I basically pulled out and it's quite, it's like an editing process. It kind of, I have to go away from it, come back to it, go, you know, and, and eventually I got to a point based on sort of the spines and how they sort of played against each other and what sort of the color and, and the, how it all kind of came shaped together. And then I sent a photograph off to Norman and just said, look, this is what I've come to. Are you happy? Is there anything that you'd like to take out or anything that you'd like me to add in that hasn't you included that you gave me? And he said, no, he said like he was really happy. And so then I actually then shot it on film after that and then worked on the photograph. And then that, this, that's how we've got to the final kind of um, image at the moment. And is it, is it an image or is it a series of images? What, what it's are we just one. See? I just wanted to really home it down. Less is more, really. Because I had like, I had probably the clash were really important to Norman. And I think I had lots of the clash. And the first edit, I had a lot of Clash titles in there. I had to be really strict and say, look, just one. Because actually working to the proportions of my work of a square kind of format, again, it's about me then pulling that photograph out and making it huge. It's about really kind of like defining that edit and bringing it down. And less is more, really, even though there's a lot in that stack. I could have done a whole shelf of them. And for me, my work is about working to a format in a way, bringing the edit down and then blowing it, then pushing it as big as I can, you know, can go. And I have conversations, how can we do this? And how can we make a massive photograph? And I was actually saying, to Norman, oh, I think I'm going to go three meters square with this. It's going to be huge. He was saying to me, like, are you sure you want to go that big? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go that big. And I'd love to, but then there, there is limitations in printing and framing and the logistics of even getting it to the gallery wouldn't work. I've actually kind of gone away and thought about it and working with my printers and this, that and the other. And we've got a piece that is a meter and a half, which is going to be big, but not sort of 
stupidly big that you would no one was going to be able to hang or put in a, a house or you've come up to a, with a decent compromise there yeah then. i think so and i think it'll it'll look really really good i haven't done any i've done some really large scale pieces back quite a while ago now but the attitude magazine spines i took to obsessively i collected all of them or got managed to get through a friend and also myself and collected every single magazine and then I did a wall length piece that you could sort of walk along and each magazine was about a meter and just over a meter again my printers were like oh this can't we won't be able to do it and then we ended up having five panels that sat together which was fantastic but this with what I'm excited about with with Norman is that we're going to have one solid photograph so the piece is going to be one solid the the, the sort of mother piece in a way is it's a piece of diabond that's printed onto directly as a photograph so I'm really excited about kind of showing that and putting a large piece out there. I think it's quite a brave step and it's kind of, it's where I want my work to be, uh, how I might want my work really to be seen. And it, but it's just expensive to do it or it's quite, it's quite a difficult process to kind of get, work, get it out there. But I'm pushing for that really and, and I'm really looking forward to sort of a large scale piece out there. It's, yeah. a, it's a statement piece. Then, yeah, it, it harps back to what I believe in in pop art. It's like you're inflating that importance inflating the importance the that other emotional everything we have ha, have around us holds some importance to us and these records this these vine the vinyl that i've selected from norman's selection has a huge importance to him and has done for for however long time he's had had it and and I suppose a huge importance culturally as well. So yeah. anyone that looking at that piece of work would see Norman's collection and then think, actually, I've, I've loved some of his music from, you know, back in the day or whenever. And yeah. this is the heart of it, really. This is the influence. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some surprises in there and there's going to be people who are going to be surprised at what go, it goes beyond to actually find out what his musical tastes are and what his, well, I guess, influences from, but what actually ultimately is his taste, um, which everyone knows his music or listens to his music but to actually it's almost like the behind the scenes of or behind you know the, the other story there are some of his albums in there which always brings out like a, a some of his own works are in there as well yeah so it's some of his own works and some of his own some of the records that he's sampled from are in there so it's there's it's quite a diverse portrait of him and his his music either you know influences and tastes really i guess it's it's that it is that sort of simple really which is wonderful i think because it is yeah, they're used, they're kind of, they've had a life, these. They're not just ones that are from anywhere, but they're his collection, which has been used and probably been taken all over the place. There were, I know when I was in his studio, there were record vinyl cases that I was like, I said, these should be in like a museum. They've probably been all over the world with stickers on and... And I, I was like, oh my God, these would make a great, you know. You want to photograph yeah. them now, don't you? <laughs> well, because there's something about that, that, that again, it's like, you know, there's, they were quite, what I love, like used. They were kind of, you know, they'd obviously been around when, when he used to play gigs with records. I mean, I guess he does less of that now or a lot. Yes, yeah, so he'll have been traveling around with those cases and actually, you know. Used them, yeah. DJing. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. When you think of your, your work then, your, your body of work of which you've got, lots now yeah are there any collections that really come to mind oh, you've mentioned the attitude ones and i get that's got yeah. real special meaning but but any other pieces that you photographed any collection that you, you look back on you think that ah, yeah that that's got real real good meaning for me i guess from my own point of view i love my absolute series where i photographed the absolute bottles and that was 
I literally wanted to do Absolute for a long time. And uh, it's the vodka. Vodka brand. brand. That was really difficult because I did not want to just photograph them front on like an advert. And for a long, long time, I was really struggling with the idea of what am I going to do? And I photographed them underneath the bottle, thinking, oh, I'm going to create this kind of stained glass window. And then eventually I photographed them from above. And I, I was like, this is great. This is like, they're like spots. And you can kind of read. Is, kind is, of, that, is that the one there? Yeah. We're in your studio, there's a big picture of... Yeah, that was, it was two, it's about two years old now. Mm. Yeah, I love how they all play against each other, the yeah. colours. It kind of reminds me a bit of sort of like the Damon Hurst spot paintings in a way, but it's not. That was a real kind of important piece for me and it shifted again my work to a new place really. It was a new, new way of working that fitted in very much with how I see my own work. And yeah, I basically collected them and drank them with most of my friends and I was ordering them from Ocado. With this. So this is literally your own collection yeah, of vodka bottles. Yeah, from a long time. I had them from probably three or four. I mean, I had them sat in my bedroom for ages thinking, I must do that, must do that. I really, I was really pleased with the outcome. There was an art show with um, in the London Underground in uh, Regent Street when they had the Freeze Art Fair on and we had it on a big poster underneath uh, on, the, on the Underground, which I was like really pleased with. But yeah, I guess the absolute was, is definitely one of them that I love because it took me away from, I guess, my comfort zone of just squaring stuff up. The other uh, one that I guess would be very important, it, it was Vogue magazine. That definitely had a, a life of its own and really sort of, and it was so simple and so kind of represented that magazine. And, is, and is this the one with Kate Moss, where, where you did the Kate Moss? Film? There was a Kate Moss one afterwards that I did. I did the original Vogue and then I had an idea of kind of photographing Kate Moss, every cover of British Vogue. And as I started doing it, the... Millennium issue, which was shot by Nick Knight, had the gold spine, and suddenly it was just like it came, and it was like I didn't, you know, you learn this all becomes from a process, and I shot that in I think it was 2013. We released that with the St Pancras Hotel in London, and we had a big part, a big launch for it. Kate Moss had actually seen the invite for the party. She ended up buying one and uh, for herself, and I ended up giving. She basically hadn't collected the magazines or hadn't got any of the magazines herself, so I ended up just basically sending them in a in the box to her uh, into London, and said like, you know, these are. I didn't need them anymore, really. I'd done the piece, and it was just like they they'll go to the perfect home, really. So she actually has the original magazines that were used in the photograph. Wow. Um, as well as the photograph. So uh, it was a really nice story to it, I think. You know, sort yeah, of. that must have meant a lot to her as well. Yeah, it was, I think it was just, they were all there. And I just thought, <clears throat> this is, you know, it was just, it's perfect. It's amazing how you do these pieces and work. It leads you to experiences and stories that you just don't know until you put the work out there. And I guess it's as much as it's, exci it's exciting, but um, scary at the same time. But it'd be interesting to see what happens with this Norman piece and how, what happens with it really, what, where it goes, because who knows, it was something that's going to, it could, whatever journey it goes on. Um, it, it could, it, anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you just don't know really. You, I guess that's the part of the, the unknown is great. Actually quite an exciting, exciting time, sort of thinking about what that reaction is going to be. Yeah, definitely. With, you know, the size of it and the colour, I'm really pleased with it. And I'm just, and also the fact that I've collaborated with, with Norman Cook. So it's a really, I'm not just working on my own. 
in isolation with this piece. It's been a really nice process. And also taking that responsibility away from me, it's really by collaborating. It's been great. I'm excited to see what, how it turns out on the 28th. I think it's, we'll, we'll be going, like, uh, going opening with the, big, with the big piece and it'll be great. Mark, I can't wait to see it. Thanks for talking to Art Related Nonsense. Thank you. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you.